my main goal for all of my clients is to help them grow their business. I just use branding and website design to do that for them. Like that's the vehicle that I use. You are listening to episode 14 of the Level Up Your Wedding Film Business Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking all about how your branding and your website can impact your business. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of this show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level. And I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. Today's episode is an interview with Amanda Schumann of Carrie Love Designs. Amanda is an award-winning website designer and brand strategist. She is a true artist and helps take clients' visual brands to the next level. She is passionate about design and believes pairing a beautiful brand aesthetic with an intentional website strategy is the cornerstone for success, booking clients effortlessly, and creating a delightful online experience. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. These are always so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, and I talked about this at the top of the show, but you're obviously a branding expert. And so that's going to be the bulk of what we're talking about today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this career? Um, it actually started with a magazine. <laughs> uh, I got a magazine. I can't remember the name of it, but each month they had a spotlight, like a career spotlight. And the one of one of the spotlights was on the people who do the the magazine, like the layout for it, like the designer for the magazine. And as soon as I read that, I was like, that's what I want to do. Because I always loved reading like Seventeen Magazine and Cosmo and like all of the like teenage magazines. Um, and so as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's what I'm doing. Like, that's it. And I was probably like a sophomore, maybe freshman in high school. So I ended up graduating, um, went to the Art Institutes for... Um, for design, for graphic design. And along the way, one of the classes that we had to take was a brand identity class where we would take a real company that we thought didn't have that that great of a brand and we had to do like a mock rebrand of it. And I was like, forget the magazine thing. I was like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and so from there, like, I fell in love with just like recreating a brand and what it could do for the business and just like reimagining it. Um, and so that's that's where that all started. And Carrie Love Design somehow grew from just like a a part time like side project into what I've been doing full time now for three years. That's so cool. I love that you stumbled into it kind of by accident. And I think that's like the best way that people like end up in such creative careers. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your philosophy about branding? Like, why is it important to have a cohesive and like professional looking brand? Yeah. So I think a lot of designers, they approach because they are designers and they think everything has to be really pretty. And our philosophy really at, at Carrie Love Designs is we design from a, a, a place of strategy in, in science rather than art. Um, my main goal for all of my clients is to help them grow their business. I just use branding and website design to do that for them. Like that's the vehicle that I use. And I think a lot of designers, they're so creative that they get stuck on the like, oh, let's just make it pretty. And that will get people that will get like fresh eyes on your on your content and get you like a pop of new clients. But it's not something 
that is going to be lasting. It's not something that's going to grow your business. Okay, cool. So maybe can you talk to us a little bit about like the science that you're talking about behind it, like instead of the design, because I am not a branding expert. (laughs) And like, so I can only see um, probably like a surface level of compared to what you can see. For sure. Yeah. So we start out and we do a lot of, of analytics and like strategy behind a brand before we ever start actually designing it. So the first phase is us going in and doing like a competitor analysis and an SEO audit and who's your ideal client? What are your services? Um, How can we make those services better and more enticing to actually solve a problem? So that's just like phase one. Um, Phase two with actual design of the brand, it's making sure that like your colors, there's, you know, color psychology and making sure that those colors resonate with your, with your ideal client. And um, that goes all the way into website, which is like the bulk of the, of the process. Um, making sure that like your copy is on point and that your copy is actually selling and not just, oh, well, here's some pretty pictures in a gallery and book <laughs> our services. Like, no, you need to be connecting with people, uh, getting found in SEO searches. And it goes all the way up to launch. So we also help our clients launch in a way that gets their um, content seen by more eyes. And like I said, ultimately, we want more people booking your services. So that's what our entire strategy is surrounded around, is growing your, your business and getting you actual results and not just a new pretty logo and website. Yeah, it's definitely so much more than that. It's it's the basis of your whole business. Um, so my audience is predominantly wedding videographers. And so I think that we have something a little bit more unique um, that we are dealing with in that like, all of the content that we create is video format. Like we don't have that many images to actually work with unless we're taking stills from the video or unless we hire a photographer to like take um, images for us. And so I'm going to get into that in a little bit um, when we talk about websites um, as a whole. But you touched on this a little bit and that websites are essentially the hub of our business. And so it's obviously a very important piece of branding. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your philosophy on creating an effective website? Yeah. So first off, I think a lot of creatives, they enter into like creating or designing a website with a wrong mindset. And they think of their website as a portfolio piece, as if they're freelancers. And they do a lot of the heavy lifting themselves. They'll go out to like networking events and open houses and social media, and they do all of the selling. And then they lead people to their website after they've done all the, all the hard work. Instead of using it as a marketing piece where you're getting found organically in SEO searches, uh, you give out your business card and people go find your website. Like there's different, there's a different mindset to approach your website whenever you think of it as a marketing piece to grow your business rather than a portfolio piece. Um, okay. And so that's the first, I guess, roadblock that you have to, to make your way through is changing that mindset. Okay. Cool. Um, and I've, so I've heard you on a different podcast. Uh, I actually had, oops, I had Ali Ciardo from Photo Feel Notes on the podcast a few episodes ago and I, that's where I found you. Um, and you guys talked a bit about like the website journey, like the journey that you take the viewer on. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then we're going to dive into a little bit about each page that you should have on your website. Yeah. 
So I use something that I have been referring to as the Hansel and Gretel method. And that's basically where we want to simplify your website. A lot of people have a lot of junk on their website that's not part of the money-making process. So basically, whenever somebody lands on your website, point A, your job is to get them to point B, taking the next step, whatever that is. For some businesses, it's filling out a form, setting up a consultation. And so we want to be thinking about that strategically. And whenever I say getting rid of the junk, it's stuff that doesn't help somebody get from point A to point B. It's like taking their mind off from it, sending them down a rabbit hole, and then they click off your site. So the Hansel and Gretel method is leaving little breadcrumbs on every, at the end of every page that's telling them where you want them to go. So you create the journey for them in a way that makes sense, that will impact their buying decision. Um, you create that path. You create that journey with the Hansel and Gretel method by leaving them little breadcrumbs um, on what pages to go next in order to get them from point A to point B. Okay, cool. So instead of leaving it up to them to try to kind of fumble around in the dark and guess what you want them to do next, you just hold their hand and you show them um, what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Cool. So um, let's maybe talk about the different pages of a website and maybe you can give us a few like tips or things that you think that we should do and shouldn't do on each one. So maybe let's start with the home page of the website. Yeah, the home page. Uh, one of the main things that I always am reiterating is it was called the 10 second test. It should more be like the three or five second test now because people's attention spans are really short. Um, but within, say, five seconds of somebody landing on your website, they should be able to tell what it is that you do, who it is that you serve, and what are the next steps. So if they come to your website and they're ready to purchase or buy, take the next step, they can get to it from straight landing on your page instead of like having to fumble around your website figuring out, oh, okay, I'm like, I'm ready to buy. Where do I go? What do I do? Um, the other question is who, who you are. And I mean that in, there's two different ways to answer this, who you are, as in like what it is that you actually do. So the example that I like to use is so if you are a wedding photographer, a wedding videographer, you simply say wedding photographer for, you know, whatever X, Y, Z, instead of like stitching love stories together or something like really like <laughs> somebody's like, what? Like, do you sew? Like, I'm confused. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you want to say it in a way that connects with your, your ideal client. So one of the ones I can think of most recently, um, it was for a, for a wedding photographer. And we said, Austin-based wedding photographer for fun-loving couples. That automatically lets them know where you're located at, what it is that you do, and kind of gives you a little bit of peace into what type of clients that they book or they're looking to, to work with. Um, and so that's the, that's the first thing is just getting past that, that 10 second test. Okay, cool. So having a clear homepage, telling the people what you do and who you are and where you do that thing. Um, so cool. So I'm imagining a website now. So you're on the homepage and you click the little menu drop down and next would probably be your about page. So can you maybe tell us a few things that we should definitely include on our about page and maybe a few mistakes that you see with about pages? Yeah. 
once again, going back to this mindset thing is whenever people hear about, they automatically go into like this formal bio all about me and like, oh, I grew up in, you know, Houston, Texas, and I love bunnies and coffee. And I'm like, wait, what? Like (laughs) whenever somebody comes to your about page, you have to think people are selfish. They're there because they want to know what do you offer that can help me? What can solve my problem? So you have to reframe your thinking whenever you are designing or, you know, writing the copy for your website. And you have to think, what is it about my service that I offer that will help them? Um, and really your, your about page should be just as much of a sales page as, you know, your services pages. Okay. So it's just getting them to buy into the fact that you can solve their problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, do you have any philosophy on like images that maybe you should see on the about page or anything extra? Yeah. So definitely have a photo of yourself. Like, For sure, have a photo of yourself. If you're afraid to get in front of the camera, then, you know, get past that and do it because people want to connect with you. Even though the the about page may not be, you know, your whole life story and that you wake up and love coffee, um, you you still want to connect with your your audience. And so um, definitely have a photo of yourself on there and also have photos of your clients like so that they can kind of picture themselves um, working with you and and what, what that looks like. Oh, so smart. Okay. I had not thought about that. Cool. Okay. So after the about page, what is the next page you would see on the website? Yeah. So most of the time you probably either see like a portfolio page, gallery, something like that. Um, Okay. So let's talk about portfolio. And like I said, we are wedding videographers. So we are not showing images, we're showing films. Yeah. And so, so do you have any input on how that would look a little different from a photographer's website? It's going to look different in the fact that you have whole stories. One thing that I don't like whenever photographers is that they'll just like throw a whole bunch of random pictures into a gallery instead of telling a story from beginning to end. One thing to note, though, on the portfolio that I hear people say is um, that they don't love everything that's in their portfolio. And sometimes they feel like they have to please a client by like putting it on their website because they think that the client's feelings are going to be hurt if they don't see it on the website. And the portfolio is for you to get more business. So if you're not like completely proud of that film for whatever reason it is, maybe you didn't like um, the venue that you shot it and you're like, ah, I really don't want to shoot at that venue again. Then don't put that on your portfolio page because what you put out there is what you're going to attract. So if you have a whole bunch of clients and venues and stuff that you don't like in your portfolio, guess what you're going to attract more of. Yeah, you're going to attract what you put out. Yeah. That's so true. Um, and I think that is such an empowering thing to keep in mind, um, especially like you said. And I think that as females, we tend to be a little bit more people pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> and like we want to tread lightly and not step on people's toes and hurt feelings. Um, but you're so right at the core of the whole purpose of the website in the portfolio is to be used as a marketing tool. It's not to make someone like slightly smile like because they saw their wedding on there. Um, So how many films would you recommend we put on a website? I know how many I personally like to do, but I would love to hear maybe your input before I talk about my idea. Yeah, I think 
this kind of actually correlates with how your pricing is. If somebody's going to be making a bigger investment, then they're probably going to be more interested in seeing more of your work. Um, if you're kind of just getting out and you're on the lower end of pricing, obviously your portfolio is probably not going to be as big. And I don't think that you have to, um, put as more of your work out there because they're not making like a huge chunk of investment. Um, and so honestly, I think that probably anywhere from, you know, three to six videos is good so that they can kind of see, um, a good variety of your work, but nobody's going to sit there and watch like 20 videos or 30 videos. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what I say as well. Like somewhere between, I say like between four to seven. Um, and because like you said, if you get into that 20 like figure, it's total decision overwhelm. Like they don't even know where to click and then they're just going to click off because they're like, eh, I don't want to deal, <laughs> deal with sure. this. Um, okay. So you say three to six, three to seven videos on your portfolio yeah so the next page would probably be something like a pricing or investment page yeah now here's the thing I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here right right yeah first don't name your page pricing or investment because that's immediately going to get their brain thinking about how much money they are spending so okay name it Uh, My personal favorite is experience because you want to know like more about what the experience is like working with you or even service, but don't, don't lead with pricing or investment because that's automatically framing their mind to go into it thinking about the money. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So going into our experience page then, um, (laughs) what, how would you lay out those offerings, um, to kind of draw a consumer in and make them make the decision that you want them to make. I know that a lot of people talk about like pack the package system and making the middle package the most um, enticing offer. Um, do you have like, this is totally open-ended question. Like what is your whole philosophy on like the pricing thing? If you can go down to one package, do it. That doesn't mean that you don't offer, you know, other things or that you would create like a custom package or whatever, but I've done the whole package system thing that you're talking about and the less decisions that you can give a buyer, especially if you're a wedding photographer and they're already searching wedding dresses, venues, you know, photography, catering, like they have so many other decisions that they are supposed to be making that if you can be like, hey, this is what I offer. This is the one package, you know, take it or leave it. That's one less decision that they have to make. Yeah. And and then you can just offer the one that you want to do in the first place. Yeah. And if somebody's really interested in working with you, they'll be like, hey, you know, that your package comes with eight hours of coverage and I only need six. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll create you a custom quote and we'll do six hours. If somebody wants to work with you, they'll let you know what they need. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, kind of put it in in general terms and they can take it or leave it. And if they're super interested, then they will go further and they will ask you. And this also makes it easier on the opposite spectrum. Like whenever you are promoting, say, you know, your services on Instagram or Facebook or you're at an open house event, 
this makes it easier for you to talk about it because you're not like, well, if you go with the silver package, you get six hours of coverage and two shooters. But if you go with the gold package, you it's like, no, you, you can just say like the experience is, you know, X, Y, Z, instead of going into all these different options and overwhelming people, it just makes it easier for you to talk about what it is that you do and what you provide. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of power in simplicity and I think you're so right. And that's probably why like the minimalist movement is gaining so much traction right now. <laughs> um, so I think the last page that we have to talk about would be a contact page. But before we do that, I know that some people have a blog page on their website. And I think that's probably a little bit more um, likely with photographers instead of videographers, because I think that a lot of that has to do with images, but I have a blog page on my website and I'm considering taking it off. So can we talk a little bit about having a blog on your website? Definitely. Don't take a blog off. If you blog, there's two different ways to approach blogging. You can approach blogging from more of like a um, entertainment standpoint where you get like beauty bloggers and lifestyle bloggers. They're, they're blogging because people come to read their content and buy whatever they're promoting. For a business owner, you want to be approaching blogging, not as how many views can you get and like promoting it that way, but SEO wise, you want to get found in more searches. So there is benefits to blogging so you can get found for more keywords. However, with blogging, it's not part of that like money making process. So anything that's extra on your website, like an FAQ page, the blog, maybe freebies that you offer, I recommend that all of those, those sub pages go into your footer because most of the time people are going to find you through your blog and you're hoping that they go to the rest of your website. So have all those in your top menu, you know, the home about portfolio experience and contact leave all the other stuff to a sub mini like on your footer or something okay so something where they would really have to dig to find it and it wouldn't just jump out at them because it's not really going to bring any value to you right okay cool so let's talk about the contact page um maybe what sort of fields should we have um on there just what what is your idea of a an effective contact page so i intentionally make our contact pages whenever we, we design our contact pages for clients, I intentionally make them super boring. Like you go to the contact page and it's like contact us because if you start putting other stuff, people are going to get like that, that shiny object syndrome and they're going to go click off. And then you might've just lost that, that client because you didn't capture their attention and get them to fill out that contact form. Now, whenever it comes to the actual contact form, a big mistake that I see people make is they're like, what's your name? What's your husband's name? What venue? How many people? You know, they start asking like all these questions. What's your life story? How'd you meet? Where'd you meet at? And it's like, like figure all that out in the consultation. <laughs> like whenever you talk to them, people are yeah, going to be less inclined to fill out your contact form if it's like 20 questions long rather than like name, email, phone number, you know, what's your date so that I can tell you if I'm available or not. Okay. Yeah. So just bare minimum information yes. to start a conversation. Yes. And definitely add your email address to your footer, to the contact page, because a lot of the times people, for whatever reason, they don't want to fill out your contact form. Um, 
And so that I get a lot, I'd say probably 50, 50 of, of inquiries come in from just like an email address. Okay. Yeah. I have had that experience as well. Someone emailed me and told me that they were always scared that the contact forms were not going to make it to my inbox. So that is a real fear for some people. And it's so funny because it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know, it, an email and a contact form is going to land in the same spot. But I guess it's removing the middleman for some people in their mind. There you go. Cool. So um, da, da, da. we got through the entire idea of the website. And I think that you gave us some really great information and things that people can immediately go into their website and start changing right now to make their website more effective. But can we talk a little bit about branding outside of the website? And I think that one of the next biggest places that your brand is going to be reflected like in the public eye is on social media. And my favorite social media platform is Instagram. So can we talk a little bit about translating your brand to Instagram? Yeah, mine too. Um, you know, it's funny is what I see a lot of people do is going back to that 10 second test that we were talking about is a lot of people nail a 10 second test on their Instagram bio and then they fail to do so on their website. Um, so really your your Instagram bio should be similar to that 10 second test. What it is that you do, who it is that you serve, why should they click on the link in your bio? Instead of a lot of people, they'll put like, I was saying coffee, cats and cactuses. <laughs> and like <laughs> married since, you know, 2008 to my best friend. And like, I'm like, what? Like, this is a business page. Like, <laughs> who would it, what do you do? Who do you serve? Why should they get in contact with you? They get, yeah, your mom might care, but your clients don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to get discovered in social media and like gain new clients and grow your community. And so you have to approach your bio from somebody who, doesn't know you, what would they need to know and what would make them want to take that next step by clicking on the link? Cool. And so I've seen a few different ways people have that link in their bio. Um, some people do some sort of like link tree or a landing page that has a bunch of different options that they can click on, or it's just their homepage of their website. Do you have any input on that? For me personally, I do have a multiple links, but I I market to different things. So I like my podcast. Sometimes I talk about my podcast. Sometimes I talk about my YouTube channel. Sometimes I talk about like the signature experience. Um, I think what's most effective for service based businesses that are only, you know, on there to market, you know, say wedding videography is whenever somebody clicks on that link, tell them a little bit more of what you would like them to know that can't fit into 160 characters. And then give them like just like a couple of call to actions. Maybe they want to see more of your portfolio. Maybe they want to know more about the experience of working with you. Maybe they want to contact you. So I would give them like three different options. That's all going to take them um, to, to your website. Okay, cool. So that's so interesting because I've always like subscribed to the idea of, oh, if they want to know more, they can just go browse my website. But what you're saying is to be, have it be a little bit more actionable because they probably have something in mind that they're trying to accomplish when they decide to click that link in the bio. Yeah. And it'll probably help with like whatever you're saying in that, in that description, um, like, you know, reserve your date or something like that. That'll help them kind of figure out why they're, why they're clicking that link in your bio. Okay, cool. So a call to action. Um, and then let's maybe talk a little bit about 
different things we can post on Instagram beyond our work. Um, I was scrolling through your Instagram page and I was like drooling over it. I thought it was just like so well curated and cohesive, but so varied. What are some different things that we can be posting besides just our work as a portfolio? Yeah, thank you for that. I've put a lot of uh, time into my Instagram, mainly just because I I, I like Instagram. Um, but different things to be posting besides your work is you have to give people a reason to follow you And sometimes that's before they're like ready to make a buying decision. So why would somebody come to your page and want to follow you? Um, And I think another thing to think of is to not only show your work, but who are you as a person so they can begin to connect with with you. Okay, so pictures of yourself or... Yeah. Captions about about yourself. Yeah. Can you maybe like dig a little deeper into that? Yeah, both. Definitely do pictures of yourself because it's social media for a reason. <laughs> so people want to get social on there. They And I'll tell you, like always for me and my clients, like the best photos are ones that are of yourself, like for sure. And a lot of people like to see behind the scenes as well. So it doesn't always have to be like you perfectly posed in front of the camera. It could be like, you know, you on the other side, like shooting a wedding, um, Maybe you like going through like on your computer and calling images. Like you just have to give people a reason um, to want to follow you rather than just showing like portfolio pieces all the time. But also, I mean, you can mix in with say you are sharing a, a little snippet from a wedding video. Go further into like detail and tell a story behind it rather than, oh, Brian and Lucy had a great wedding day at blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like tell about the story. Tell about, you know, Lucy's wearing a a wedding dress from her grandmother. And unfortunately, no, she passed away and she's not able to to be here. Lucy feels really connected to, um, you know, have this wedding dress passed down from her from other generations. Like just, you know, you can connect with that more than like, oh, this is another beautiful wedding. Like give people a reason to get social with you. Yeah. Awesome, Amanda. Well, we're going to wrap up this podcast, but if you have any last minute pieces of advice or anything you want to say about branding um, and what we can do to make our brands more powerful, I would love for you to share. Yeah. If you want to join, um, I have a Facebook community. It's completely free. It's called Brand Gathering. You can go to carrylovedesigns.com slash Facebook. Um, there's a lot of information that, that we give away in there and we, I like to do, it's called website safaris. So I literally go on Google and I will just like, Google a random name and go through websites and we will go on a safari and see what we find of how we can optimize and uh, make websites more strategic. Oh my God. That's so fun. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come onto the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to my conversation with Amanda. If you want to learn more about her and what she does for other creatives, you can find her at Carrie Love Designs on Instagram, and I will link that and her website in the show notes as well. I have a few key takeaways from this episode. The first is that when you think of your website, think of it as a journey you are taking your potential clients on. Hold their hands through the experience and guide them through your website with an end goal of having them inquire with you. Be intentional with not only the images you include on your website, but also with the copy. 
That means the written words on your website. Include copy that will make you and your wedding films irresistible to clients. That will make them feel like they need to book you for their wedding day. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would leave me a review wherever you're listening. Those reviews go a long way in helping other filmmakers find the podcast, and it's my hope that I can help as many people as possible. And until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.